so technically people will see this later. <laughs> and we are live. Steve, how do you say your last name? Inge. Steve Inge of Poor Boy Steve. First of all, we're here. Thank you for doing this. And we, yeah, uh, we talked about doing this previously and then at Cornhucky you reminded me and now making it happen. So I feel that through the people that I've talked to and just talking with you in general and hearing some of the history of things, I need a proper like learning experience about poor boy Steve because I don't know as much as I feel like I should. So let's take it all the way to the beginning. <laughs> well, that's okay then, because if I know as much as you know, we're solid. Uh, yeah. Uh, also, I want to shout out the Rad Wars tee that I'm wearing. This is one of your designs. For anyone, it it's getting green screened a little bit right now, but not too bad. But yeah, when do you know what year you started, poor boy? Wow, so that would have put you about how old? Not to date you here. That's sick. I, I wasn't sure like at what point in your life you had actually started doing this. Oh, one sec here, Steve. Sorry, you were muted there for a second. You were 18 or 19 and you started in 80 what? Um... Uh a 89 88 okay. um <clears throat> yeah i was doing i mean i was riding since like 82 okay. and you know drawing and, and doing stuff but i went to college in 89 and somewhere in starting college in 89 i guess it would have been 89 i was uh doing more i just wanted to make a go of it i had i, I had my first little ad is in the back of a go magazine mm -hmm. from 1990 <clears throat> and that was when i called or wrote in or something and it's like a little one by two in the back they used to do like a classified section yeah and there's a there's a little at my first ad was i put in there just saying what i wanted to do it i didn't mm -hmm. and uh you know, I didn't know the magazine was going to be gone in a, a year and a half, but uh, did that, and uh, it was actually the address. It was like send two dollars for stickers and a catalog, and it went to the PO box at this college I was at. No, that's my, funny. And over the course of the next months of you it know, coming out, was my college was like, uh, "You're getting too much mail." <laughs> 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 So that is yeah. great. Yeah, how does that but, even that's pre internet. That's like hard to conceive for some people. Yeah, it was cash in an envelope coming in the mail with stamps on it. That's um, so sweet. So like what was the first thing that you offered? Uh I sent out a like a Xerox little pamphlet basically of it had like 
couple t-shirt designs and some stickers and I don't know, something. Gotcha. So you started with shirts and stickers? Yeah. I mean, when I, I got to college, I started hanging out with a lot of bands. I was doing like, I, like the first semester I was doing like club flyers and band flyers. And then I started helping them with their merch. And then, and somewhere within that, I just kind of said, you know, I've done a couple t-shirts before. And so I kind of did my own shirt to, you know, hustle up a little bit, you know, some gas money. Yeah. And I, and so I'd, I'd be selling some band stuff, but I'd do myself. And I was like, I ride and I want to do riding kind of, it was kind of this generic poor boy lifestyle sort of thing. But I mean, I was a BMXer and, you know, that's what I'd hoped it would become, but mm -hmm. uh, it was it's a little, little generic for those first few months. But, uh, so, yeah. I just so it, it grew out of the people always ask where where it grew out of my nick my nickname and i was living i was living in my car and on couches and uh, i think i was a semester into college and i dropped out i was just life was just crazy and so it kind of grew out of just being what people called me <laughs> i embraced it yeah and i just said you know what would i call it and i had all these little names and i finally just said people were always like ah oh, it's steve oh it's poor boy and so i just ran with it <laughs> that's too funny uh what's where's the two e's before the v and no e after come from that comes that is a product of art school i was there on a design scholarship and i quickly started doing a lot of paintings and sculptures and kind of like you were like how do you pronounce your last name nobody could pronounce my last name mm -hmm. um and, it's, and i was signing all my little you know designs that i would do and things so i wrote it out to steve i wanted an identifiable way to sign my stuff uh, and you know, I, I just got to think i was like if if my name's steven so any steven that goes by steve you're basically spelling it however you want and so so i just kind of said what about steve you know and and you would know that's mine and to the and then and then over the course of the next few years like i had to when i had to open a banking account for my stuff and when I had to, I just started doing it and it kind of became my legal signature and, and so aside from tax documents it's it's on everything that's so interesting so you like knowingly did that to make it a unique thing which is yeah pretty cool so that was just kind of like my yeah it was art school and so it was like this combination of um me being an artist and me being a beginning of an entrepreneur and you know being called poor boy and my name being Steve, it all just kind of right turned into a silly thing so. i just it's very uh artist of someone to <laughs> do that too which is funny and yeah. that, that's another thing that intrigues me too so like it sounds like you were into art way before you ever did anything with poor boy because you were in art school at that point yeah i went to uh went to tcu in fort worth texas and uh i had a design scholarship and um design the design department was like <laughs> i like to say it was it was like um business people who wanted to be a little more creative <laughs> 
I can picture you know? exactly what you're saying. It was like art. It was like, I mean, because the school's really well known for business. And so it was kind of like a, it was like jock art is what I say the department was like. That's funny. And, and I was just like, eh. And so, so I really enjoyed hanging out with the painters and the sculptures. And so I ended up, um, I had, I dropped out when I went back, I switched my major to sculpture actually. Oh. And, uh, yeah. So I, I think I just always had a passion for even back in the day, old school, when the magazines would show up, I enjoyed them as much, as much for the writing as I did the design of it and looking at, um, artists like you know it was, there was so much creativity back then it was uh like bob harrow and then andy jenkins and you know everybody was there was drawing and there was they used to bmx action magazine used to have a drawing contest every year yeah and it, so it was just you know i think before every it's like now everybody's a photographer everybody's a designer everybody's because you've right. got apps for that and you've got right. back then it was like you know this more of a passionate pursuit for people and and it really I loved and latched onto BMX because of the creative aspect, um, as well as you know the artistic aspect, and as well as just the the individualism and the freedom of it all. And it just I found my home in that culture. Um, you know, a little, little bit of skating, but you know it was it was skating, it was punk rock, it was BMX, it was you know it was all just the, we, we it was it was a fringe thing back then, and so that's what we. I found my crew. That's so sick. It, it's cool to hear from someone who's like, you know, you're in a similar like vein as myself, just with like design stuff to, so we have a similar like perspective on some things and to hear what it was like, like back then, because things were definitely a lot more physical than digital to yeah. at that point. Like it, were people doing stuff and i still i mean with my with my art i mean like i'm doing some new stuff and i'm like i mean it's this is pencil you know and eight and a half by little i mean this is what i've done since the 80s i now what i've grad you know gradually shifted into is um you know pen pencil and paper and ink you know now i can do scan and, and mm-hmm. you know i i use illustrator i use a computer i use but uh it's very still very tactile for me you know just like writing is yeah uh and i think that gives a, definitely a unique look like there's people out there they may, may not be in bmx but there's people out there who are like trying to achieve that tactile look just digitally mm-hmm. today who have never actually had to do something with pencil and paper which is like wild to think about yeah, it's funny how we go backwards, you know. My my daughter is really good with Procreate, and she's always dad, dad, get better. And I'm just like, I can't get used. I can't. <laughs> I've done, I don't, I have done some things, um, but it just there's something about it, I don't know. Well, you already developed a style that people recognize, so it's yeah, like... it's hard. I mean, I'll be 52 this year. It's hard to to break certain things. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it's what... easy to break easy to break my body, hard to break my artistic habits there's absolutely nothing wrong with that and people love your artistic style so it's like yeah if if you want if that's how you want to take things but i don't i would never feel forced to do it no i i like 
experimenting with, you know, things. But I usually, I use the computer to enhance um, my hand stuff versus my hand stuff. You know, a yeah. lot of, you'll see a lot of stuff. It's like, how do I bring some uh, realness to my digital? But I'm totally, how do I bring a little digital to my realness? Yeah, I, I can totally see that. And I mean, I'll show this shirt design, for example, to people like a good, this is a good example because with something like this, if you started this digitally, all of those tiny little details can actually be like harder to do, I feel, digitally than it could be. Yeah, if you just I, I, with I, ink. I mean, there's so many there's so many guys I look at today and I'm like, wow, I wish I could. They're so great. So talented. I mean, you either love or hate my stuff. <laughs> it, it, it is very cartoony. It took me years to just embrace it. Yeah. And there's still days, there's still days I'm like, oh, I wish I was more of a this or I was, I was more like that, but it's yeah. me. It's, it's my, it's my thing and I'm doing it. Yeah. Uh, so what came first for you, art or BMX? Uh, well, I've, technically art. Cause I mean, I've doodled since I was a kid. Yeah. Even even when I play with my action figures and my toys, I was always making stuff for them, mm. you know? Like, I would play with my Star Wars figures from the 70s, but I would make their ships out of a milk jug. or I would. Right. So I was always creating and making and doodling and drawing. You know, I can't tell you how many times I got in trouble in school for drawing on a desk or drawing on a notebook or drawing on it. It was just, that's just, just came out of me. I, I just did that. Um, so... BMX came, you know, at middle school. I don't know. What I been like 12, 13 when I met a guy with a bike, and mm -hmm. um, and then it just was like, oh wow, here's a sport because I wasn't a sport kid. I mean, I so it was just like, oh, this is physical. I like this. Oh, this is, um, but and then it just became that. It became at first it was just something fun. And then it became something I really loved. But then I started getting into the design of it. I started getting into the working on it myself. And then I started getting into making my bike look the way I wanted it to look. And, right. and then it just, that creativity kind of bled over into it. And then, and then at some point, and then, so then they kind of just were together and I'd had no idea that eventually they would become kind of a thing. Right. Yeah. That that's such an interesting thing. What would your uh, first real BMX bike have been? back when you got one uh I, my dad thought i shouldn't my dad thought i was going backwards to get a little bike <laughs> yeah. that's funny i had gotten rid of like a little bike gotten like a three-speed schwinn you know and i was like i need a bmx bike so we got a team murray 24 inch cruiser because that was like that was for him that was like well it's bigger and you're bigger and you need a big bike and but uh, uh then i got a huffy steve thompson broke a couple of those um finally convinced my dad to go to a bike shop the bike the bike guy hooked, hooked us up with a good deal on a diamondback so i had a diamondback silver streak and then uh started tried to race a little but i, I like jumping mm -hmm. <laughs> you know I would, I would like let everybody leave the starting hill and then i would just ride <laughs> that's funny um and then I started just doing little tricks that I'd seen in BMX action. And then that turned into what became, would become freestyle in like 83, 84 and into all that. And, and then my, I like to say my first proper fell in love with BMX bike was a 1985 Haro master. 
nice. um, because it was Bob Haro, who was a hero of mine as an artist and a BMXer. Yeah. Um, and so to see what he made, you know, I had the advertisement on my bed post just sitting there and I was like, one day I'm going to have that. And I worked like all, you know, like for months mowing lawns and everything. And then my mm-hmm. dad helped me out a little. And, uh, I bought that and never looked back. Nice. Is that one of the ones that they remastered or is it? <laughs> yeah, remastered. Yeah, it's the lime green one. It's the. Uh, I'm jumping out of. It's like the big version of this. Right. Like, did they do the specific year? But, yeah, they did specific. They they kind of did some like old looking new bikes. Right. You know, for a little bit, but they were like, eh. Um, but it was John Bulgens who who kind of you know put the lineage thing together, and they did the DMC was I think the first real big. 2016 lime green dmc um and then they did like an 85 repop of it and nice they, and they've done such uh subsequent years like so 86 was the 1986 version um 2017 was the 87 version 2018 gotcha. was 18 so it's it's gone like that for the last years right so i have so i have a what would be an 86 ish one in 2016 and that's I've built it to look like my my first one. Nice. I've, you know, so I've made some tweaks and stuff, and it's way better to ride than the original. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine so. That's sweet. So, so we we're in like eighty two, eighty three, and Poor Boy starts in eighty nine. Where? Do yeah. We well, that that would have all been like eighty five. Okay. And then um, my dad was military, so we moved around, and I just would ride a bike and freestyle and ride mostly flatland. There weren't, there weren't a ton of ramps. There weren't any skate parks. And yeah. we lived over, we lived overseas. We, I lived in Texas. Um, and I would just, just ride my bike. And then I went off to college and all my buddies to, that I rode with disappeared, but I started finding new ones and mm-hmm. I moved forward. Texas went to school, started trying to find guys who rode, found a whole new, um, crew of, of people from forward texas and uh we just rode and rode and rode and rode so nice so uh did so how did the evolution of like were you just creating and drawing or just making stuff and then eventually you got to that point of like oh the way you talked about it previously of like doing stuff for bands and then realizing you could do it for yourself yeah, I think I, I just started doing it for myself, and then, uh, uh, and then just one thing kind of led to another, and I started, you know, I was doing my thing, but then I, I think I started, I was riding a lot, so some of the guys were buying, you know, they'd buy a shirt off me, and then we, then we started going to some things in Texas, and we'd go down to Austin, and that were all the, you know, um, at the time it was Trend Bike Source, and uh, which would become, in part, Empire BMX. Um, and homeless bikes was down, you know, it was like ninth street, um, wasn't a thing. And then it became a thing, you know, if so, Mm -hmm. Texas kind of, Texas became this thing. Um, but then in the meantime, BMX kind of died, like the magazines died and like in 92, it just, it it was like, well, what are we going to do? And there was, uh, shout out to, um, like Matt Hoffman for putting together the BS comps and that drew, 
all of anybody who was still on a BMX um, just drew us back together. And it was like, so then the 90s, it's about early 90s to mid late 90s. It was uh, it was like a great dead caravan i mean it was like the same <laughs> few hundred but prior to x games it was like you know between 92 and 95 when it was super lean everybody started started doing their own companies and started um saying well if they're going to abandon us we'll just do our own thing and so there was just this wave of diy bmx uh, matt built you know started doing often bikes and um Rick started doing uh, standard bikes and guys doing standard bikes and you know people just started doing their own thing and then and then and it was a culture like it it's not quite the same today that you know BMX is a culture but back then it was like you know it was your everything it was your bike and you you wore the clothes and you had the shoes and you um you know it was just we were all in with one another. We were all supporting one another. We were right. all, so you rode, you rode a hodgepodge of your last pair of DX pedals from the eighties <laughs> with a fork that you got off of your buddy's old race bike and you put it on some half welded frame. And then, and then eventually you'd get, you know, a Hoffman Condor or you'd get a standard lengthy or you'd get, you know, and it just, we were, it was just a, a tight, group of people building bmx yeah i i mean obviously i wasn't around bmx at that time but i could feel that a little bit when i started just in the fact that like i wanted the orchid shoes and i wanted to be i wanted the bmx belt like i needed a belt made by a bike company and going through dan's comp and just circling every single shirt design that i wanted to like i was hope my parents would buy for me whenever school clothes season came around so like yeah i could definitely feel exactly what you're talking about like the culture side of things yeah it was it was that and then i think you know and then later you know things shifted x games came along stuff changed and we you know there's been an evolution of things from then till now and there's been cycles of things and so right um yeah and so at that time and when you're talking about all that stuff where what is poor boy up to at that point not you as a person but the company yeah <laughs> there is one in the same there's one uh i you know I, I, went, I went back to college i dropped back out of college um i was working at a i was working retail i was working uh and and i would uh so i'd work all week and then i'd travel on the weekends and do my thing and go to contests or go to races, go to practice nights at the racetrack. I was just, you know, anything I could do to be around BMX. Yeah. And then, and then I just would hustle my stuff. I don't know. I just instinctively, I just wanted to get it out there. I wanted to mm-hmm. promote it and I gave a lot of it away. I mean, I'd give, you know, a guy at the track a shirt or I'd give a friend something or they'd buy something. So we, you know, or I'd cover the gas so we could get to something. And then, I think there was enough of that my boss finally i came into work one day and um and i was like hey i'm not on the schedule what's up and they were like yeah you, you it's time for you to leave the nest <laughs> and i was like what and then my assistant manager i had become a manager at that point my assistant manager had basically stabbed me in the back and took my job 
Wow. But the owner knew it and he let it happen. And he just said, you know, you're traveling and you're doing this thing and it's a cool thing. But until you have to rely on yourself and until you have to really sink or swim with it, it's never going to be anything. And he said, you're always welcome to come back. But right now, I'm, you're gone. Wow. And I had just moved into a new house, or a rent house we were renting, and uh, the the same I think it was the same day or within a day or two, uh, the sheriff knocks on our door and he goes, "Hey, your landlord hasn't paid his mortgage in like a year and a half. You've got 24 hours to get out of here." No so it was like my world way. just went. Um, oh my god! And but I but it just lit a fire. I mean, I just okay, we're gonna do this, and. Yeah. Um, so I started traveling even more. I started hustling even more. I started um, trying to, you know, I started running ads in magazines. I started um, it's just, I don't, I don't know the exact, I'm not getting the timeline perfectly, but That's it was okay. just this, but it was just this, um, it, you know, it just kind of grew and everything in BMX started to kind of have a, if you're, if you were about BMX and people, all our things just started kind of clicking and we started figuring things out and we would call one another and work with one another. And, you know, you're, so I'd be calling, you know, getting to know everybody and, and, and we were always sharing things like, I have no idea about a computer. What should I get? Oh man, I just got my first computer. This one's pretty good. Yeah. I've known what's, what's a video camera. I don't know. I got this one. And everybody, it was just a tight thing. And, and we just, and then I've always been somebody who just wants to create. And so I was just constantly creating. I was making new shirts, making new stickers, coming up with ideas. I, I sewed all my own pad sets. I tried to get, make my catalogs better. I tried to make, you know, I just wanted it to be bigger, better, cooler. I mean, not for the sake of making a bunch of money. I just wanted to pour myself into it and I wanted to have the best things I could make. And, um, and it just, it just grew. I mean, beyond me i i have no idea it just grew and we and then we ended up in a back room of my house and then we ended up in a two or three rooms of this rented house and then we ended up in two or three rooms plus the garage and then i finally went looking for a little space and we found a little rundown pole barn that had been turned into kind of an office and we rented that and filled that up and opened a shop and then wow it was just it was just years of just I couldn't keep up with what was happening. Yeah, that's amazing. So like it's just happening around you and expanding more and more and that that what does that feel like? I died. It's just fun. I mean, I got up in the morning, I got to do what I love to do and I could ride my bike and hang out with friends and travel the world. Yeah. And, I mean, by the time I was 25, I was visiting other countries and I was selling internationally and I was getting a crash course in everything. Right. And then my, my wife quit her job and she's, we started working together and then we ended up some kids who would come by the house and help us cut out stickers, started working with us. And then when we got a shop, we started being able to try and hire some kids and and then, and then we were trying to sponsor riders, and, and it just, I, I, uh, I don't even know how it 
felt it was just it was just life and it was constant it was it was always and it was everything that's so amazing that's like as organic as it gets literally your boss was, it was like it was fully organic <laughs> your yeah, boss was like was... hey go go do it <laughs> yeah and there was no this isn't i mean there's no there's no social media there's no internet there's no i mean it was it was word of mouth hard work a lot of travel um and then that turned into advertising you know brad mcdonald put together this phenomenal magazine called ride that came along and uh you know filled the gap after go and it took off into you know it's beast of a thing and then it turned into multiple magazines and then it turned you know and all of a sudden photographers were finding a new you know writers were turning into photographers and it, it, it was just an amazing time in the 90s i think probably 80s and 90s in their own respective ways were just crazy you know this was before you couldn't just jump on the internet and go how do i get a frame made and order 10 of them from right. overseas? you know you, could, you couldn't do any of that it was guys figuring out how to weld it was guys it was it was all invention and innovation and creativity and artistry and the writing and the, it just it was it was amazing that is seriously amazing i mean that just like i feel like it doesn't get any more like real than that yeah, i guess it was just it was just real <laughs> <laughs> keeping it real was, but i mean we're just we're just doing what we do and then I think at some point, you know, X Games hit and then it got all weird and, you know, I like to say it got, you know, the when it smelled like money, people came running and, and things changed and for the good and the bad. Yeah, that's interesting. So I've heard about Poor Boy videos too. What, what point did those happen? Uh, we were always, I mean, we were always riding and I think, you know, I, I had one thing when we, my wife and I got married, our, I put one thing, I was like, you know what, you can have whatever you want. If anybody brings us anything to our wedding, I'm putting a video camera on there. <laughs> it was like, it was like, nobody's going to do a video camera. Why would they do it? You know? And, yeah. uh, and, uh, my, my wife's grandparents or a couple people pitched in and i got a i got a sony handycam for my Man. wedding you know and it was you know it was like this big and yeah <laughs> uh and it was like a high high eight i think at the time or eight millimeter but uh and then we just took it everywhere i mean if, if you had a camera you took it every, it's like now you've got your phone mm -hmm. um, but back then you kind of had to know somebody with a camera right and then it was um so you know between all the contests I was like i want to make a video again it was just like i want to make a video i want to figure out how to make a video so the next thing you know i was at like goodwill buying vcrs and i <laughs> had a stack of like four vhs um, um players and my camera all spliced together and it was like pause stop play pause stop oh no rewind 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 and it was just Shoot. hours upon hours of trying to edit down like a 20 minute thing 
And then I made paper stickers and I slapped it on there and then I started taking them with me and I'd give them away or sell them. Um, the very first one we did was called Loose Change, I think, if I remember that. And then that turned into, um, and it, it did all right. It was like a white sleeve and a VHS tape with a paper sticker on it. And it was, I was, I dubbed every single one. I edited it on the VCRs and then I dubbed it on the VCRs and then I sold them and, and then upgraded a little bit like, okay, we need a better VCR. And then we started working on like, okay, what's our next video? And then I had become friends with these guys in Chicago props video <clears throat> and they were, they had started a video magazine and I reached out to them. And I was like, hey, man, it'd be easier for me to work with you on my next video than to try and buy all the equipment. And yeah. so then, again, it was just that we all worked together. So I'd fly up to Chicago. We worked on a video called 500 miles or uh, no heavy metal thunder. Uh, and then, and then it was just kind of became videos. Then, and that was your way between a magazine and a video that was your social media one you know you you're always trying to find the new video you're always trying to get the new magazine it wasn't instant it wasn't you know it was a process um, we weren't editing on computers on the fly we certainly weren't editing on the phone um, but i was always like okay how do we get it better how do we bring some graphics into this how do we um but even then for a long time for years i was still super like um tactile and organic i don't know it was weird like i was figuring out how to if i film this screen with a clear lay over it that's tight you know it's like i don't have a rendering machine for graphics but yeah I can, and so i was always figuring out hacks of how to mix you know and for me it was just a, a love of it and the challenge of it figuring it all out how crazy to hear about just because i've only known the digital era of things i mean yeah the first camera that I ever used to film on was one of the first like digital cameras with a screen on it. It was my parents mm -hmm. bought one. It was like, it was literally, I mean, the size of your phone almost, but two and a half inches yeah. thick and it had a tiny little screen on it. It shot in standard definition at like 280 by yeah. like 320 or something and had no audio but you could edit using windows movie maker. So it's like, yeah. I've never experienced, but I've always heard people talk about editing using VHSs. You never, uh, it was, it was crazy. It was, you know, and, and you, yeah. And you'd get so much like quality loss just for trying to edit it. I mean, oh, I'm <laughs> it, was, sure. it was constant. Um, but I remember I bought a, I had one of my first Macs. It would kind of do video. Yeah. It wouldn't it wouldn't really process video, but I could filter it through it, and I learned how to do screen grabs. And then like everybody was like, "What the hey? How did you get? What is this? You got video <laughs> pictures?" And so then we all you know tried to figure that out, and then it was like, "Okay, we had a little video." I remember I I bought an iMac that had a like iMovie, and yeah. it was oh, it was so painful and it was so not precise. But it was also this glorious new revolution of how to digital. I could now digitally do this. Um, probably took equally as long, but for totally different reasons. That's so. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Just learning how to do anything makes it take way longer than it actually 
takes for people yeah. to do it all the time. And I still get, you know, like when I'm learning, when I'm sitting here at my computer and I'm, I'm learning something in Illustrator or Photoshop or finding a new app that I could apply into those things, it's, it's fine. I still get that rush. I mean, like my wife will come home, how was your day? And I'm like, I learned to do a texturized. <laughs> and I know it's like my 12 year old could probably do it. Um, yeah. But for me, I just felt like it, it's just continued to be that process for me. And I want to get better at it, but I still want it to be my version of better at it, you know? Mm. And so, yeah. That's so, it's just cool to hear things from this like part of the evolution of video going from literally being like film strips that had to get turned through a camera to I'm not going to pretend like I know all the steps but ending up at a VHS <laughs> and then going from that to you know using a camera then you have to use a fire wire to to capture it which is literally just recording it to a digital file and then being able to edit from there so i just think it's cool did you ever edit like physically cutting film ever uh in college i did photography and you know splicing of videos i actually made yeah yes i actually did in i don't know how old i was 10 mm -hmm. i found my dad had a had a camera and like a film camera yeah and i found some film and i made a video i got all my friends together and we made this crazy space movie out in the desert and then i had to splice it and edit it and yeah ghetto it together and then we had the audio was on a, a cassette player like we recorded the wow. audio separate and then we just played them together at the same time because the video the camera didn't have audio right and so we made this like it ended up being maybe five minutes, but so I've experienced all of that. That is. And I remember when we got the first hard drive. You know, people started getting hard drive cameras. It was like we were all scared. Like we we're like, well, what if the hard drive died? What if you lose all your foot? What? If, you know, I need a tape. <laughs> yeah. I need it. Uh, that was funny. That is funny. Literally, actually, my first ever. Like I would call it. It's not a real camera, but it's the first ever camera that I thought was real one of these it's a oh, one of those hard drive mm -hmm. hdd yeah. cameras was the first one yep. i used <clears throat> that's cool man i love it yeah so i've got i've got boxes of like mini like high eights and mini dbs and mini and i'm like <laughs> i can't even use i can't even there's probably gems of footage still on there oh I'm you like, know it or i've got like i'm sitting here i've got a little safe over here in my room and i have the masters from all those videos on on tape oh, and wow. i'm like i couldn't even watch it but but you could if you wanted to uh get those digitized at the highest quality yeah. you, could, you could have that done again yeah <sighs> ah, i just love hearing this kind of stuff so at this point uh i guess real quick here i had a couple mm -hmm. people ask some questions that i think are good uh first casey smith asked if i could ask you you knew what Bob Harrow's illustration process was? Uh, I think he does a lot more digital these days, but I think it's still pretty similar. I mean, I see him 
pen pen and paper and I don't know what his transfer process is, but mm -hmm. it's I would say it's pretty similar that there's hand stuff and then there's digitized versions and then there's I know he you know he does a lot of colorization and digital design work and stuff. Okay. Um and then there's another one. First, his name Dale Richards. He said, first, thanks for everything y'all do and have done for BMX. And then he asked, who is your mentor? Or who did you look up to during these times? So this is talking about like when things were kind of evolving and expanding. Or even before that. I think my inspirations were like i said before bob haro andy jenkins um probably andy was probably my biggest um editor of freestyling and uh, um i looked up to um as a business i looked out to and i knew because through retail i knew people in like snowboarding and skiing and skateboarding so i looked to them probably a little bit in the beginning to kind of figure out like what am I doing as a business right um to use you know that was probably the the practical part of it mm -hmm. um but then having done it for a long you know many years working for shops riding for shops I mean so I kind of had a, um but then I think I don't think any of us knew at all what we were doing in terms of BMX <laughs> yeah I think I think when we started you know in 92 you know, in the early nineties, we were all literally figuring it out together. Yeah. Um, I didn't sense. have, you know, I didn't have anybody I could reach out to and go, how do you do a BMX t-shirt company? Um, right. What I did do, what I wanted to do is I wanted to be that for people. So if we, you know, we got to the place where we would show up and we had, you know, we had a setup at a race. We had a setup at a freestyle contest. We were doing sponsorships. We, and there was a lot of you know younger guys or even guys similarly aged but just starting out and i would be like hey put your stuff on the end of our table don't worry about you know mm -hmm. i've already paid you here you just sell your stuff um and then we started we started a distribution company called sandbox distribution and i i the the almost the entirety of the reason why i started that was so that guys wouldn't have to deal with the crap that I had to deal with or figure out all the things that I had to figure out. Right. They could just, they could create and they could get their stuff out there. And so that was, you know, so I could help them by, Hey, I will buy your video and I will get into the shop because we are already connected with hundreds of shops. I'll put your t-shirts in our catalog, you know? And, and I, I mean, that was, I didn't, I didn't make a ton of money off that. I mean, it was, it was just, for the love of what we did and for me really wanting to give back. So I don't, I think, I don't think I had a lot of mentors and uh, a lot of, it was a lot of us just figuring, you know, if one of us would figure out a, a better process for business and one of us would figure out a better process for manufacturing and one of us would put it. And we all just shared that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I've always just been somebody who I, I I'm just, rabbit about learning all that so i really did i think maybe i was you know i i wanted to run and, and and figure all that out and i wanted to pour that back out for others so i think maybe maybe that's 
you know, I'm just thinking about that now and I'm going, I, I think I didn't have a lot of that. So I wanted to offer a lot of that to others. Yeah. That makes you know, sense. I still get, I still get messages. There's days when I'm like, I haven't done anything that matters and my stuff is stupid and I draw a bunch of cartoons and I try and ride a bike and I'm an old man. And then I'll get a little, I'll get a message of some guy going, uh, Hey, I went to art school cause of, cause of what you did. Or I met you at this place and you talked to me about how to do this. And I'll just get those little things like that. And, and that I go, it's worth it. It's, you know, if, if Brant likes my Boba Fett shirt <laughs> or, or, or Marcus from Puerto Rico was inspired to whatever. I mean, that's, that's what, that's the gratifying part for me. So. Hell yes. That is so true. So, so true. And I still do. I mean, I love working with, I, I still do stuff with companies, you know, smaller companies say I love just helping, you know, I right. don't, uh, I don't charge what a lot of designers would charge. Um, and I'm, you know, it's dumb cause I'm trying to take care of family over for the last few years, again, trying to do what I do and I don't, but I want to help and I want to pour back in and I want to see other guys' dreams come true and I want to see their companies grow and prosper. And, um, I would be pretty well off if all the guys who went on, who worked for us or we launched or, you know, those guys, you know, there's some good, we had a, we have a, I mean, I've got kids who worked in our shop that are now in charge of parts of Amazon. Wow. And I mean, and it just stuff like that, where it's like, you've just tried to be there, yeah. give them a place to live, work and inspire them and, and then kind of like what my that one boss did to me kind of go hey it's time go right. go start your thing go do your thing yeah man and i i mean i'm sure you know through being that way that the more you do that the more it comes back around the the more good you put out there yeah. like it just whether it's the self gratification of just feeling good about helping people or it's things going well for you like it's good karma well i want to do good want to make create art make fun things make myself smile hopefully somebody else along the way yeah man uh so i had another interesting thought where you're talking about this whole mentor thing did it before you got into your college going to art school and stuff mm -hmm. and as you're growing up, was there a art teacher or like a person in your life who was like super influential in you like pursuing art? Because I personally have had that when I was in school. Yeah, I had a couple, probably my, I had some teachers in high school who were real just um, um, don't sell yourself short work hard you know it wasn't about the grade sort of thing it was like the teachers who saw who i was and encouraged that um, I, I would think my biggest ones were my senior year in el paso texas i went to andrews high school and i had a um i had a creative writing teacher big old cowboy with you know, <laughs> he wore his cowboy hat huge you know cowboy mustache and belt buckle and and I just loved it. I mean, it was like we were opposites, 
but he was just like he was always like you should come ride rodeo you like falling off your bike <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, awesome. um, but he was just like he encouraged me we had a writing assignment and i remember he was the first guy he was like hey i want you to write a book and i was like i don't i don't, I don't want to write a book he was like i want you to write a comic book what would you write about i want you to come up with a story came up with a story he was like okay i want you to draw that and i'm like you mean like draw the whole thing he goes yeah i want you to illustrate the whole thing so i started i got it all illustrated and he goes we're gonna get it published and i'm like what hmm. and he was like the school has a publishing house and they mostly do like flyers and leaflets and promotion he's like i don't know if they've ever or like teacher packets he's like we're gonna make a book and we made like i still have it's like an eight and a half by 11 folded and you know size yeah. black and white comic book and he sold it in the classrooms and he was like don't ever stop doing this wow and i had an art teacher who um there was a few of us she you know the you know art was kind of hit or miss it was going to be some artists or some kids who just didn't want to take math yeah and, but there was some few of us that loved art and she kind of put us off in the corner and said do what you want to do right and we'd be like i want to sculpt something let's do it I want to, and so we were like in there all the time. I was in, I was either in Mr. Streeby, the Cowboys room, or I was like in Mrs. Brandy, our teacher's room constantly. Yeah. And it was just, it was two people who said, you be you and do what you're going to do. And we'll, we've got you. Um, other than that, it was, uh, it was my mom, you know, and she just said, do it. And you know, a little bit, my, my dad, did a little bit of that but he was far more um my dad's super talented artist um super talented maker but he just grew up in a generation that was like that's not what you do yeah so so he was always kind of like proud of what i did but didn't know how to encourage me towards it you know I, like yeah, he I was totally like maybe, maybe maybe you should think about regular school and not a design you know a design degree mm -hmm. but then i'd get a scholarship for design and he'd be like oh well, well cool yeah go do that <laughs> that's like uh, undeniable you know, was, yeah so it was you know that was always that but um i would say that i think you know just thinking back on that my my senior year of just go do it and then my wife you know i met her and she's always been i mean she to this day is my biggest fan and supporter and the things that I've asked her to do and give up and take chances on, she's just been like, let's do it. Let's do it. That's awesome. Um, so. That's, yeah. that's so funny that you mentioned the, uh, there's always going to be people in there who don't want to do math or whatever, because that was me. Yeah. That's, that was me in high school in art. I didn't want to do choir. I didn't want to do band and I didn't want to take a foreign language. So like, look, all right, you have to do art. Like, yeah, that's why well, I didn't, I mean, I definitely didn't want to do that, but I mean, I was like, I want to take this. I was that kid when I went to drama my senior year, my, my senior year was mostly electives cause I was coming from a military run school and yeah. I, we were like so far ahead. So I was taking, I was taking drama class. I was taking um, aerospace. I was taking, you know, just, yeah do stuff class so I, I i would you know when i'm in drama i probably was a bit like that like i just didn't want to take one more of this and they wouldn't let me take six art classes so um. yeah yeah that happened for me i got i went in my freshman year 
and went into art class and my the art teacher I had in high school is still say probably to this day how I came in there like I don't want to be here and then <laughs> I literally I can remember like we she introduced a uh, grid drawing and so I did a drawing of Mira and like it was horrible but uh, it was like okay like I kind of and then all the next one that we did I wish I don't think I have it hanging here it's, out, it's probably out in that field somewhere yeah it's in a cornfield no uh but we we did another one after that and it was like it was actually good and all of a sudden that's how things started to develop it was like oh i see that i can actually do this i'm good at it and then you get into it more and more and then i get to be the oh no i have a study hall instead of taking study hall i'm gonna be in there drawing and it's it's funny how that that works yeah and then i just you know it was like and they would they would be like well have you thought about doing stuff for the school paper and i was like why would i do this go and they were like no you could go see if they need anything drawn yeah oh and then next thing you know i was like you know the school did a thing of design a logo and i designed the logo or um there was a local contest my art teacher was like hey the ymca is having a logo contest for their 100th anniversary you should submit something yeah and i won it yeah and and you're like oh you know it was just people going try things do things you know so to this day i mean i'll you know i started doing my toys several years ago i started doing just things that are weird but it all comes out of a i wonder how you do that yep and and just sitting down and trying to figure it out and generally turns out pretty lame at first but you know it it's it's exciting and fun and something else comes along and next thing you know you're making one of these or doing one of those and absolutely man and that's why i asked about like the significant person thing because i feel like everybody who's great at something at one point in time had that moment of like boom right turn where somebody was like like you need to like guiding you in the correct direction or just being a significant point in your life that pointed you at the thing that made everything make sense like i yeah, had that I think, too uh, yeah a couple of those teachers um and then definitely and then when i got to college i met a couple other you know there was a couple of professors that were professional artists mm-hmm. and they encouraged me um so there's always kind of a mix of somebody inspiring me maybe not you know and then just trying and then uh, been fortunate to, uh, enough to this year will be 30 years married to my wife and met her the first first class of the first day of school and she's just always been like right there to do it do it do yeah it, you know talk about every now it's like are you are you sure <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know just like you said saying hey chase that do yeah. that that that's what you do do it yeah um, so i've you know i've done that and i've gone back and forth and i've changed career and i've you know but but the you know it was the few years that i stopped creating or stopped riding my bike or stopped doing things like that was when it was like something's wrong mm-hmm. something's wrong with me something's wrong with my life something's wrong and it was that was missing and so it was always kind of i'll pull you back towards that 
Yeah, man. I mean, I can remember. I will never forget the moment that I found out that you could do video as a job. Like, I was touring or going to different schools to be a fine artist for drawing, pencil drawing. Because I thought, like, oh, I'm good at that. That's just what I have to do in life. And then I was in a room with the art, whoever you meet at Ohio University to take you around the school and show you stuff. And the lady's like, well, let me, what, what do you like to do outside of this? And so I was like, well, I ride bikes and I make videos. And she just goes, you can do that, you know? And my, it was just like, it was like, I was in a car accident of reality hitting me. There's like, you can do that. And, yeah. And it's all history from there. Totally. Totally. I'm having the conversation with our middle daughter right now. We're starting to tour colleges and stuff and but she wants to be like a performer and a singer and a, mm. and, I, and and I'm like you know there's there's versions of what you like that might not be what's on your radar right now yeah that is out there for you to do and it doesn't involve this traditional means of doing it right so i, I don't i don't know if you did the four years of school i did you know? i wish i did well, I don't yeah i say it like that but yeah yeah well, I mean, there's. I wish I did because I could check. Yes, I have a degree off my. But I was always just like, I'm bored, and that guy's willing to pay me something. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I just went and did my own thing, and so you know, we go back and forth with my daughter. She's just maybe I just won't go. I'm like, that's fine. Well, maybe I will. That's fine. You know, it's like figuring, helping people figure that out. Hey, chase that dream. You know, I my our oldest daughter is just just publish her first book and i'm like wow go do it go do it write that book publish that book yeah that's that's awesome because i wish i had that whenever i was a year into school already had a job making videos at a factory in the town i grew up in as like training videos Hmm. and stuff like i had this video job before i even got into video classes and i was like yeah i kind of just want to take a year off and work and save a bunch of money up and then go back or whatever and then the the whole family's like you'll never go back you have to keep going (laughs) and then yeah now yeah well we're still a bunch you know where that goes (laughs) it was it was great i mean obviously you learn a lot of things and like as i'm getting more into doing like selling my own stuff i guess it comes more into play a little bit here and there but yeah yeah um that's a whole that's a whole other call yeah as (laughs) but uh back to taking it back to poor boy stuff so at what so we're talking like late 90s at this point doing videos and having like the garage two bedrooms the another building or whatever well, at that uh, yeah at that probably in 90 i mean by 95 96 we had um we had a, a store because people kept trying to come to our place we had a store we had a warehouse we had offices we had employees we had, were sponsoring people i mean there was a mini i mean we had like half a block and we were in two of the three buildings on the block Wow. So is this, you say you had a store, is this just like clothes, a bike shop store or is it just like a yeah, poor it, boy it store? It was one of the, like everything we did just kind of expanded. So kids would try and come to our house. So we moved to the store, we get the store and then people would try and come to, you know, our, our little warehouse and buy stuff. So yeah. then we were like, well, let's, 
you know, in the front little room, let's make a little 10 by 10 store. So we put our stuff in there. And then people started being like, well, can you get other people's stuff? And then that turned into other brands and stuff. And then we were starting to distribute stuff, distribute stuff. So it, we started bringing that in. And then it was like, oh, um, hello. I hear you. Oh, well, my computer just went dark. Uh, oh, we're good. And then, uh, good. And then, and then it was, uh, um, and then I was like, well, I know these guys. I, you know, I know Moeller at S and M, and I know Matt at Hoffman, and I know. So then we were like, let's buy, let's buy some bike stuff. And then we put bike stuff in, and then it was like, oh, well, now it was. Like, the next thing you know, it was like getting hold of Seattle Bike Supply, and then it was getting hold of DK and Supply Cycle, and then it was, you know, and the next thing you know, we had a we were knocking out walls and made a bike shop and then that turned into a, having a skate shop and a bike shop. And then that turned into having shoes and more clothes. And that turned into, Holy cow. We, we ended up with a legit store and we ended up naming it something else. Cause we were just like, I don't just, it's a shop and we needed somebody to run it. And Holy. So cow. then we had, so then we had distribution we had retail that wasn't just, it was everything. Um, then we had our brands. We had and, we, and I was you know made more than one bit. So it wasn't just Poor Boy. It was all of a sudden we were doing Ally and we were doing Chunky and we were doing White Trash and we were doing you know it was all these other little things and we were doing freelance films and we started helping other people make videos and we started it was just just grew and became this this thing. And Holy cow, that is so cool. So. Where are we at at that point in time? Um, late nineties. Late nineties. Jeez, I hadn't even been like I hadn't even seen what a BMX bike was at that point. So in ninety seven, we had our twins. Our oldest kids are twenty five next week. Okay. Um, so we had our twins, and just things things got weird. BMX was changing. Um. I was so overworked and overdone. Um, things were things had gotten weird. Things had gotten crazy big and bigger than I could probably handle. It felt like everything we had done and worked, and then all of a sudden everything stopped working. And mm. So then we went through this whole cycle of um, trying to change with BMX when BMX was changing. You know, attitudes were changing, um, and uh, yeah, just everything changed and so then it was then it was a roller coaster for the next several years of hit or miss and brands failing and names changing and um you know some days good some days bad uh you know everything started going from grassroots mom and pop to switching over to big large you know um, stuff that's um and uh yeah that was part of why i started mutiny bikes was kind of in a we had a we had a sticker that said down with corporate bmx and part of that was hmm. i was just i was just not liking what it was becoming you know about the money and about the well i was glad that riders were getting paid and they were getting paid better than i could have paid them right um, but the the love and the heart and the passion and the, the diy-ness um wasn't wasn't quite the same my heart was changing i, I you know i was realizing I was so much more about the people than the product. Mm -hmm. um, and so that, you know, led me into, uh, you know, working in nonprofit and getting out of BMX and, um, you know, just going in that direction. 
Um, but you know, yeah. Interesting. So, real quick here, just because somebody asked, where was where was all this happening at? In Texas or Indiana? No, nah, this was Texas. I was in Texas until two thousand three. Okay. Um, in the primarily Dallas Fort Worth area. Okay. Um, and then I had an opportunity again. I was working with, I was working with like kids. I was working with uh, our church. I was working with. Um, not profit stuff and i had someone ask me hey you want to come you want to move to missouri we've started this place and we've got kids coming that want to ride ramps they want to skate they want to ride bikes they want to i know you've got some interest in that would you have any interest in being our director um you could still do some of your stuff on the side so it was during that time that like uh we sold off some of the brands we gave away some of the you know a lot of our stuff um, we transitioned it over to former employees and, and I moved up to Missouri and started that and started a whole different phase of my life. But I was still, I held on to mutiny bikes for a couple of more years and I was still doing that. Um, just pretty, pretty DIY grassroots, you know, it kind of took me back to where I was, where I was just, you know, I was making bikes and I was doing my thing and uh, trying to keep it small and trying to keep it real um, but eventually that ended up I going over to uh, Gaz and Joe Simon and they, they ran with mutiny and, um, and I just kind of went the other direction and so that was so I focused on this we focused on building a skate park and building a, a, an outreach to help um, kids and um, and starting another a new store and starting a new um, place and help getting built a building built and getting you know and that so I was still kind of in it kind of out yeah. but it definitely was a transition so Missouri and that's when I pretty much I would say formerly walked away from BMX for a few years for several years um, and then I came back just for the sake of riding someone was like I got asked, hey, what, what makes you smile? And I couldn't remember. Um, oh. And then my wife my wife helped me think about, she was like, you love, you need a bike. And I got a mountain bike, and then I got a cruiser, and then I got a 22, and then I got back to the 20, and then I got, and I was like, ah. <laughs> and, then, and then in that process, I started drawing again, and I started creating again. I started finding myself again. Yeah. So primarily, when we talk about the poor boy years, it's Texas. Um, gotcha. And then there was some Missouri, and then there was some uh, um, back to Oklahoma City, which was nice because I got to reconnect with the Hoffman guys and, and stuff. Um, and then I moved five years ago this week, actually. Five years ago this week, we got to Indiana. Wow. So and I, yeah. I was just going to ask, where in Indiana? Um, I'm in Lafayette. Okay. Which is Purdue University. Gotcha. But what were you going to say? So, I uh, just, uh, you know, so I've been, I think the, a lot of the old school BMX version of Four Boy Steve has probably been the last six to eight years. I've done a lot of, you know, just rootsy stuff with my art and, you know, a lot of rad related stuff or a lot of 80s related stuff or a lot of, but, um, so that's, I would say my latter years now as an artist than a creator has been, I'm probably more well-known in um, like old school stuff. 
I would or agree. mid school or mid school stuff um, than you know current stuff. But I have a side of me. I'm still I and mean, I do some stuff for bike companies. I do, you know, I've done stuff for Nowhere. I've done stuff for Tech Bike. I've done you know, and that's mm. that's my way of staying current, I guess. Yeah, that's so interesting. So, could you see yourself? following any of those similar paths of like if it starts to blow up again to get a store and expand and grow again yeah it's cool that you like can consciously have that thought and decide if you would i don't i just don't i don't i don't think that's where bmx is at anymore um there's times i think it'd be fun to have a bike shop or it'd be fun to have you know, do some of that kind of, you know, just all around. Mm-hmm. But, but I, that's, that, that's more than I could handle right now. I want to, what I would like to see going forward is becoming better at my craft, being a, being a better designer, uh, being a better illustrator, um, finding my niche. I'd like to branch out my niche. I mean, I've done stuff like with like the shirt you're wearing, some of my, my other passions of, my nerdiness of toys and star wars and you know i've tried to i've tried to blend a little bit of that together and see what happens or just that 80s culture tried to you know create a little bit with that i mean my my heart and passion is is bmx but you know it'd be i like doing i've done some clunker stuff done a little bit of mountain bike stuff i'd like to do more of that um i'd also like to go back to my root roots i'd love to paint again i'd love to you know explore being a fine artist a little more i'd like to you know 52 i don't i don't know if i'll be a bmx artist till i'm in my 60s or not but i want to i want to continue to create i want to continue to contribute i want to continue to pour into others and help them succeed if i can yeah i think just i love talking shop with i mean with guys who are doing bike companies i love just going hey this is what i've learned right this is what i would avoid this is what i would avoid um this is what i would you know i, I love doing that mentoring you know Mm-hmm. yeah i was gonna ask you uh too because i mean you've lived through and had a company through the ups and downs that have happened where do you think bmx like is currently if you had if you could compare it to like something that's most similar a state of bmx in the past um i'm not super connected with every aspect of newer bmx anymore um so it's kind of a you know talking to friends or having acquaintances Mm -hmm. that are still deeper in it than i am um, and I think it's definitely a, another transitional period, which has probably been every 10 years, you know, 80s. you got the 80s, you got the 90s. You kind of have a little, you know, this 2000s, but it, it feels like there's a little bit of an upheaval. Um, you know, there's not, I don't, you know, there's not a ton of money in it. Um, I think right. if there's a little sifting to, hey, those that are really, why are you in it? What are you doing with it? I think that's definitely going on. Right, um, exactly. I think that's that's the thrill, like the corn hucket. I think that's people love that because you're like, this is passionate, this is love, this is family, this is you know, there's there's they love that. Yeah, um, 
but then you've got you know it's not making money so x games turns the tv off yeah or, or you know pulls the plug on this or stops inviting them or um so i think there's the diy is you know guys like you making these videos this is our tv this is our media this is our um guys writing um i would i i see a lot of opportunity for young and old to work it out a little better you know it makes me sad if i go to a bmx thing and nobody wants anything to do with anything bmx other than be at that event and hopefully go home with a free frame mm. but not not support bmx yeah not contribute you know not wear that shirt not wear you know not support that guy who drove all the way and I, that's not like a hey i drove to your state by my stuff whatever that's just you know a kid knowing their history and and a and a young rider valuing where he's come from and what helped get him there yeah and and not just chasing the likes and the clicks um i and, but then also the old guys, not just being cynical. There's a lot of older guys that are just like, oh, it's not the same anymore, and it was so much better. And it, the bikes weren't better. <laughs> You're right. You could be riding. Stop bitching here on social media and go ride your bike. Yep. And and contribute. Go to the skate park. Pour into the kids and stop just calling them young punks. Absolutely. Stop just saying everything's a flippy, flippy, floppy, flippy. And, okay, well, do something. Yep. Throw a contest. You know, I love I love what Heavy Pedals is doing. I love what Chuck's doing with that. I love, you know, all the little grassroots. I love what Nowhere's doing. I love what Tech Bikes is doing. You know, I love what, um, you know, some of the race companies that are like, no, we, we, we're going to, yes, racing's changed, but we we haven't. Yeah. And I, you know, there's there's so much great stuff out there. There's so many. The bikes are amazing. Um, and it's not just... You know, if the wheelie culture could talk to the freestyle culture and the freestyle culture could get along with the race culture and, the, you know, we could support those who support us. And, you know, what Chris Moeller does and how he's held everything together. With Matt Hoffman, I mean, he's legend. Mm -hmm. Go buy a Hoffman bike and ride the crap out of it. And he's one of the greatest guys to ever love BMX and do it. Yeah, well, and, just the fact that Moeller's putting on Scott Town and Doyle. Yeah. In the in the same two week period, yeah. Well, Chris is Chris is. I mean, love or hate Chris, he's he does more for BMX than most guys. Absolutely, and I totally. I mean, agree. he helped me out. I remember when I was getting going, he was like, he got hold of me. He was like, "Hey, you want to draw a shirt for us? Hey, you want to print my shirts? Hey, you want to do?" I mean, he was just he helped. It's awesome. I mean, he ordered more S and M shirts from me in the you know one year than I ordered my own shirts, and it was just totally to pour back into somebody else to, trying to get their thing going. That's amazing. And and support support stuff like that and give back to stuff like that. Which you do see a lot of. So like that. All of that being said, do you feel like now is similar to any point? that you've gone through in BMX or is it it's totally its own I think from what I feel it's this weird mix of like in the 90s when BMX had died and then this remnant of trying to hold on to this Instagram X Games version of BMX mm. so it, it's kind of a maybe it, there's both and then but then you also have this old school element of shows and um collectors and you know it's i wish people would communicate 
so it, it feels like there's um you know in the 90s there there wasn't like a bunch of people collecting or anything it was like you did bmx you raced it you did freestyle you we held it all together and, you know now it kind of seems like there's a lot of teams and pockets and clicks and um so yeah and not everybody talks it doesn't it, so it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't feel like the 80s yeah it's crazy that as connected as we are it seems like no one's connected you know even like everybody schedules their event on the same day and it's like you know it wouldn't take much to put it out there early enough <laughs> that yeah. we could all we could all be at everybody's thing right um, yeah i mean it's like the race thing's doing its thing the freestyle thing's kind of doing its thing i think uh flatland culture is great right now i think there's a lot of those guys that are just keeping it you know there's a lot there's a mix of old and young and getting along and riding and enjoying um it just it depends on the show the, the buckeye bike show i think they do a good job of you know honoring the past bringing in old riders but then also having the guys that are doing their show bikes um i think nowhere is doing it great i mean it was every age was represented there yeah their events um and they're you know they want to build good stuff and be good folks and do good things but i, I it feels familiarly like bmx but it also feels like a new age of i don't entirely know where or what it's happening so yeah i mean i as much as you said that you've get that from what you hear from people and you're not totally on the pulse of things I mean you are right on the money from what I've gathered and what I see it's it's definitely yeah, I, think, I, th I think you yeah you get a new you know there's new guys doing new things on a small scale mm -hmm. there's guys that are dying out and selling off and, you know I, I think it's just a little bit of that you know it's a it's a new reckoning of new sorting out. It's a new, like we had to figure out what it was to go from the eighties to the nineties. We had to figure out what it was to go from sleep in your car to be in primetime TV. We had to figure out what it was to, to enter into a day, an age of social media and instant gratification, uh, figuring out manufacturing, figuring out, I mean, now we've got all this the supply chain and, Right, and, and just everything is so messed up and inflated, and it's just weird and um, crazy. Yeah, it's like the, the the bulk of your culture is you know in here on Instagram, and none of them are very well connected. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that that goes on. I think it's a little bit better than it was. Just probably like five issue like when instagram and was really i would say it's probably even better than it was a year ago but I th and i think that's part of the demand it's we got reconnected with things and we got mm -hmm. um but i i'm excited i'm excited for what new guys are doing i'm excited for it feels like riding is a little less about you know one certain sort of style and evolving into a newer stuff um I love I love Trevor and what he does. You know, it's this beautiful blend of old and new and mm -hmm. and brand new, and uh, I, I love seeing all that come together in in the writing, but also in the technology and in the conversations. And um, so, 
I yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you on every single aspect of everything that you're talking about right now. And I think that it just like everything else, it's like BMX is like a pendulum and we swing one way super far like the 2000s, you know, we go to the X Games do tour, huge contracts and then we swing back and things change and now we're swinging towards Instagram and and all or we're past Instagram now we're like at the peak maybe coming back to center as we're getting back to like that time where people just feel like everything is as good as it could get yeah yeah it's just ride a bike doesn't matter what you're riding doesn't matter where you're riding ride your bike yep create stuff do good build community yeah, it, that's exactly it. And and I think that no matter what happens, the people who are doing that are the ones that are going to stay like and be here. Yeah, I hope. I hope next. You know, yeah. You'll always have the kid who was super good at the park and then got a car oh. and disappeared. Or, or a got a girl and disappeared, <laughs> yeah. Yep. I mean, that, that story never changes. Nope. But I think, you know, just having an appreciation for one another and uh, um, bringing that together and and I, and it'll always be I mean it's there's always for every 10 dudes you knew who rode one or two stuck with it mm-hmm. and all the guys you know they were all friends you know all the 50 year olds and the 40 year olds and the 30 all the pockets of whoever you were and whatever you group you rode in I mean that doesn't that doesn't change we're all still made up of those one dude who was left hanging and we found the other dude who was left hanging and we built something yeah and that might that might have been a backyard ramp it might have just been a guy to have a beer with and talk about bikes um it might have been a guy to start a company with it might have been but that's that's what it always has been and always will be and you're just trying to navigate all the rest of it as you get through that so what it's going to look like i I, 2025 i I have no idea it'll still involve a bike and still involve buddies on bikes and yeah well i mean i don't know if you've noticed it or not i would guess so through doing poor boy and just the fact that like you've been around with it for so long the past five years i feel like you could almost say that there have been more older dudes coming back and just getting into bmx for the first time than ever before and it almost can feel like sometimes there's more of those guys getting into it and back into it than there are kids getting into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, the culture of, and that's one thing is like talking about culture and sometimes feeling like there's an absence of it in real life and versus social media. Well, the social media culture of these older guys in their Facebook groups and the Instagram pages dedicated to them is like really really blowing up oh yeah it's super vibrant and just you know it's you want to see them ride and you want to see them socialize and get those kids involved yeah i get stoked i mean like i see more and more kids in our neighborhood riding bikes they're all doing wheelies and want to be wheelie you know guys yeah. but they're also they're also that's also a gateway to figuring out i see i saw some kids trying to figure out wheel hops the other day and i see kids you know i'll i'll be messing around flatlining in, in the front in the front of my house and some kids will come by and they're like oh dude you know and i'm doing something <laughs> from 
from 83 and they think it's this like i'm some amazing guy who pulled off some circuit did you work at the circuit you know i don't <laughs> <laughs> and it's like i love having those conversations with those guys or you know there's a i love seeing that happen and i still love seeing guys in our neighborhood buy a haro lineage i love seeing kids jumping on an old freestyle bike i love seeing kids you know it's i i see i see kids riding bikes i don't know if i see a bunch of young kids showing up at the skate park right. um, but there are guys like there are guys like huck you know seven years old and what the what that kid you he's know. watching right now too yeah. oh is he <laughs> yeah. shout out Huck and Huck's dead. Yes. You guys, you guys are awesome. Thanks for contributing so much of, of what you do to BMX and helping bridge that gap. And mm -hmm. so much of the older guys, um, you know, pouring in and the younger guys pouring in and the man, I just, I, yeah, it's it's just it's it's great. I think um, the two best things that I've been a part of in the last couple of years have been um, uh, Rumble in Richmond. That was a put mm. on by Richmond BMX and uh, Rad Share and, you know, Crandall and those guys. Yeah. Amazing event. Young, old, fun. Yeah. Um, and then the corn hug it. Um, that was, that was great. Wait, but you see that with, you know, Swamp Fest. It's probably, you know, young adults to older dudes. And, um, but you, you see some of those grassroots things coming about. Yeah, it's just really cool to, to see all that and hear all that and, and watch all that. And I love. I get to be a, a small part of some of it, and I love it. Yeah, man, and that's like that. All is part of what I mean by that pendulum coming back to center. Is that it, it? Definitely feels like we went way past and way out there for a little bit, and now we're coming back. And those kinds of things. That, that really feel like they're at the heart of our culture that bring us together as BMX riders are just growing and people are starting to get connected like that again. I mean, how many full-length DVDs have come out? Just like, I don't know if you see that kind of stuff or not, but there's been a lot of like physical DVDs that have been for sale mm -hmm. and people starting their own zines. There's a lot of those mm -hmm. that are around right now too. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's cool. It's really cool to see, you know, across the board. You just like, oh, you know, everything old is new again. Mm -hmm. And that's that's just fun to see. Yeah, man. So um, with with poor boy, what is what's the current state of it? Since we kind of talked all the way up to now, what are you doing with it right now? Uh, well, there's not I mean, poor boy, like as a company, I'm just i'm poor boy steve i started that company but i am now me yeah and i do i do my club poor boy stuff a little bit i do um you know i i, I mean i work i do design work for a brewery and a real estate company and some local little things and i, I do that um but i do i do freelance work for bike companies and for you know stuff like that for, I do stuff for tracks. I do stuff for for families that are in BMX but have a whole other company. Mm. But but we've connected through the BMX part of it. Right, right. Um, so, I mean, in terms of, I don't know where I am as a 
any kind of company. I'm just an artist creating art. Um, so I have my design stuff that I do for others, and I enjoy that. I enjoy helping their companies and their ideas. Um, I enjoy doing custom frame graphics for somebody. I love doing uh, custom art for people. I love doing commission stuff for, you know, for gifts and mm -hmm. uh, um, and then I just in terms of my own creating and making stuff, you know, I'm probably I'm really behind in what I want to make. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I'm working on just I'm working on some. I've been trying to do like certain releases for certain things. So I did like May the Fourth Star Wars stuff. I did the ET anniversary. I did uh, you know I do some stuff like that. Oh, yeah. I'm working on some. Last year I did some Halloween stuff that people liked. So I'm trying to get some new art for Halloween. Um, have a few things for that. I have a bunch of ideas for for toys that um, I'm kind of in the development stage, beginning to do the making stage of things, but finding time with everything else. Um, it's kind of, I think it's, you know, there's being a starving artist and then there's being a, a starving BMX artist. <laughs> What's the difference? It, it's like, uh, you know, the guy who's living in New York City and trying to make it in the galleries, there's, a, you know, he's, he's dying because it's ridiculous to try and live there there yeah um the guy in bmx who's trying to just create and make and working with budgets that aren't creating and making you know it's like okay i'm working with a guy who's trying to keep things together who are, or who is just starting out or is you know so you know you're, you you don't get like um freelance fees of you know working for some you know sam adams or something like that i don't get mm -hmm. or nike yeah you know i'm not so it's um, bare bones stuff so always trying to hustle and do that um, and to make ends meet and then it's like okay well when I sit down to try and you know make some new action figures or come up with my own designs for my own stuff um, it's kind of a you know just finding time and doing that so um, where it's going I don't, I don't I don't know where it's going I just make as long as I can make and hope somebody pick something up to help keep making stuff yeah man and, and you do have a website for that yeah you can go poorboysteve.com you can find my stuff that i put my art on um, yeah if you if you need logos or designs you can email me but um i'm trying really hard as i get go into the holidays you know like november's coming christmas is coming i'm trying to like have some stuff i can actually sell right so i'm, I'm trying to saying i'm saying no to some some jobs because i gotta say yes to some things to that i can get my own stuff out there right um because i'm not a just a full-time freelance artist i'm a juggle three four five things yeah i think sell a bunch sell a bunch of old crap on ebay and hope i can pay my mortgage <laughs> <laughs> oh man i feel like this is like the most perfect opportunity to ask you too like with all of this being said if somebody you know like trevor is coming to you and is like hey i'm thinking about starting tech bike co or it's not tech bike co it's a clothing company whatever like what what advice would you give somebody who's young and wanting to start something new in bmx uh, i'd probably say why yeah um you know and i think where i think what 
what I hear you saying and what I think I'm saying is I feel like there's a little more heart coming back to it. There's a little more passion coming back to it. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're still in an age when, you know, everybody's got to hustle and everybody's trying to do something and everybody's. So I always just go, Hey, why? You know, it's like, well, I got nothing else to do. Then I'd be like, well, find something else. Yeah. Um, I mean, I tell people like, Hey, is there anything else you want to do? Oh, I wish I could be a Lamborghini driver. Oh, you'll do way better being a Lamborghini. You should go do that. <laughs> That's, I mean, yeah. If you could make that you know? happen. Yep. If, somebody, if somebody's like, I want to make a ton of money. I'm like, yeah, you should probably go do something else. Yep. There's somebody who's like, I just love it and I want to pour back into it. But do it. Yep. Chase that. It's a dream. Do it. It's a passion. Do it. Um, I always tell it, start small. Um, be honest. Do good along the way. Um, pay cash as much as you can. You know, <laughs> you know don't, don't go out and get some big loan to go out and make a bunch of stuff you don't need to go out and either sell a bunch of crap or to die and hate what you started out loving and have all the crap you bought to sell that no one bought yeah it's like hey start it small hey i want to make a shirt make a shirt yep there's there's a means to do it i want to do a video channel do a video channel i'm sure there's guys who would help you figure it out yep you know oh i want to do do it do it um if it's because I want to get rich and I want to be cool and I want to yeah go do something else. We got enough of that. One hundred percent, man. Bully. But hey, if somebody just says, "Hey, I want to get rich," and it, okay, do it. But go for it. You you've probably got money and you're gonna do it anyway. Yeah. Um, but if some if, if some young guy just goes, "Man, I just I love this and I love okay, give back, do it, do it with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and uh, and love it." and it'll it'll hurt and that's worth it and uh, you know and and some people have succeeded along the way and some people have done some amazing things and you look at ronnie over it you know with sabrosa and shadow and stuff they built an awesome thing yeah Uh, moeller he's built an amazing thing there's guys that you can do it you have done it but they all started with the i love this i want to give back to this Mm -hmm. i don't know what else i would do Go for it. Chase your dream. Talk to people who can help you make a few less mistakes. Yeah, man. And all of that sounds like that's kind of your uh, reasoning for why you stayed in it for so long too, huh? Yeah, I just I love it. I love the people. I love the culture. Um, I love creating. And uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just so far in. I have no idea how to do anything <laughs> You know, but I, I I say that I have that conversation with myself, and and I have that conversation with other people when I talk about the new things I want to do. You know, when I want to branch out and do a little more mountain bike, or do a little more with my nerdiness, or do a little more. They're like, go for it. And yeah. there's and uh, and there's days I feel like a, a scared fifteen year old kid again. Um, you know, there's a little more weight and responsibility on your shoulders, and you got kids getting married, and kids going to college, and kids. There's a lot a lot more weight and responsibility. Um, but it's still the same it's like do it and you know you get you get one go around at this go do it pursue that dream you'll you'll hate yourself if you never try that is exactly it it's so much but you can you can recover i mean you can recover if your channel died tomorrow 
you'll figure something out. In the meantime, go go balls out and make awesome stuff and be your own writer and do your own tricks and make your own content and do it. Yeah, man. I mean, we all start. You stoke you stoke you stoke me. I watch your you know, I watch your videos, I watch your posts, I watch your Really? running around corn hucket and doing what you're doing and I, I'm just like way to go man that's exciting and so like when you're like hey you want to do this I'm like uh, yeah why would you want to do that with me I mean <laughs> you're you're doing you're doing so you're doing amazing things and people speak well of you and you're doing your own thing and it's awesome it's awesome well, thank you I really appreciate that after everything you've just said, I don't think I could appreciate that anymore coming from <laughs> like with if that is what follows everything the the huge inspirational speech you just gave about just doing it, that makes me feel good. <laughs> cool. See you tomorrow. No. <laughs> yeah. I well, I mean, if you didn't just say all that, I was gonna be like, Steve, there's no better way to end this. And then you said that, and I'm like, Steve. There's no better way to end this. <laughs> no, but I really appreciate that because I mean, it, man. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's all it is for me. That's all it ever's been. BMX. I just want BMX to be my literally my entire life. That's that's yeah. all I want, and and it is, almost. Yeah, but it's, it's the people. You know, it's I, I love my bike as much as I can love a piece of steel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's the people that it's led me to and it's the connections that it's given me and it's the, you know, it's the inspirations of others and it's the inspiring of, you know, it's, it's the, it's the people. I mean, it's the, it's guys like you that I go, this is why I do this. It's talking to the people that, you know, I'm doing a commission for somebody and they're like, oh, my, my brother, my sister, my husband, my, I'm like, that's, you know, oh, our bike club, our track, or the kids, or the, that's why, you know, do it. Ride your bike. Have fun. Do good. Create. And chase those dreams. It's better to have tried and failed than to never have tried at all. Because the regret totally is the regret is the worst thing you could ever live through. And there's too many yeah. people who have lived with that regret for their whole lives. It's it's, it's no point. Yeah, you know, to the old guys, they're, oh, I might get hurt. Yeah, <laughs> but you get one go around. Yeah, might you, as well. You might trip off so, a curb. To the tomorrow. kids, yeah. So the, you know, to the kids, and they're just like, yeah, you know, know your history, know where you're coming from, so you don't have to repeat, or you do repeat. I don't know. It's just let's all get along. You know, I'd love it if BMX can be a pocket of people that's not all the salty silliness that's out there today and get along support one another do good Absolutely. chase those dreams chase it, those dreams and what I say about the salty silliness is that when you break it down the amount of people who aren't that that just aren't saying anything is yeah way ten times greater yeah you know if we yeah go be a Dave Nori Dave Glory, one of the best people, man. Yeah, learn from him. 
He's amazing. I agree. With that being said, Steve, I feel like this is the perfect stopping point for this one. We should do this again one day. Maybe update. Just talk one about day. whatever. Yeah. Uh, I think it would be really fun. Or just call me if you ever need anything. If you need some uh, tips on how to run the YouTubes and the internet webs, I'm I'm not your guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be the guy for that. I'll give those okay. tips. You can help me. You can help me start my channel that people say I should start. <laughs> if you do, tell me and I will help you. Actually, Dave Nori has a video with me that you can watch whenever it comes out. That will help with that. He he asked Yay! me. He literally asked. We had a is exactly forty three minutes of a talk just about how to start a BMX YouTube channel and it de- kind of developed nice. just how to start a YouTube channel in general. But yeah. there's that. Um, but I think. I think one thing that would be really fun if we do this again one day is to just like show some of your stuff like physically and just like in progress and and kind of just taking a look at how you actually do what you do. I, we talked about the history of it. I think it'd be fun to talk about the like the how. How's it actually happen? That'd be awesome. That'd be fun. We'll, we'll do, do a tour of my random things in my room. Uh, we could do a tour. We could do an art class. We could do a whatever. We should 1,000% do that. I think that would be fun. Cool. All right, Steve. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, poor Boy Steve on Facebook, uh, Instagram. I hate TikTok, but I'm I am there. Oh, God. And, uh, uh, yeah, email me. Poor Boy Steve, S-T-E-E-V. And, uh, yeah, you'll find me. Somebody will find me. He's around. You'll find him. I'm around. He's got a website, too. <clears throat> hopefully, hopefully I'll get some Halloween art together, and we'll have some new stuff in a week or two. Yes. Sounds good. Well, thank you for doing this. It's been thank awesome. Thank you. Thanks for what you're doing. Thanks for wearing that shirt. Thanks for being an awesome guy. Boba Keep Fett in Rad Wars, people. It's on his website. Check it out, and have a good night. Good night.